Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. This podcast consists of about 7 to 10 minutes on the weekly parasha, hence the name 7-Minute Torah. Some weeks it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome everyone and thanks for listening. You know, there's very little that all Jews agree on. You know the old joke that if you have two Jews, you have three opinions. I think it's true. I just can't think of almost anything, even things about Judaism, that are agreed upon amongst all Jews. But if there is anything, it might be Pesach. Of course, the holiday begins this Friday night. Many of us will be sitting around Seder tables to tell the story of the Exodus. And it turns out that most Jews participate in a Passover Seder in some way or another. The 2013 Pew Research Survey of Jewish Americans found that 70% of Jews in the United States say that they participated in a Passover Seder last year. 70% is just about as close as anything gets to universal among Jews. So there's something special about this holiday, something that has captured the hearts and minds of the Jewish people for a very, very long time, and continues to do so. And I want to explore the Torah portion for this Shabbat, which is also the first day of Pesach, and see if we can figure out what it is. So this week, because Shabbat is also the first day of the holiday, we take a break from the weekly Torah portion cycle. Don't worry, I promise we'll get back to Leviticus next week. But in the meantime, this week, we go back a book and read a passage from Exodus chapter 12, which describes, not surprisingly, the Exodus from Egypt, since that is, of course, the story that we're telling around our Seder tables. Now, there are two slightly different versions of the Torah portion this week, depending on what kind of synagogue you go to. If you're in a conservative or orthodox congregation, we're reading verses 21 through 51 of chapter 12, which tells the story of the 10th plague, as well as the preparations for the Exodus, so the slaughtering of the Passover sacrifice, the placing of blood on the lintels of the Israelite homes, so that the 10th plague, the killing of the firstborn, would miss the people or would pass over the people of Israel. And then it tells the story of the journey out of Egypt and toward the Red Sea. We don't read the Red Sea until the end of the holiday. If you're in a Reform congregation, what you'll be reading is just the end of that, the part about the journey, and then the beginnings of chapter 13, which speaks about some of the laws of the holiday and how it is to be observed. So same basic section of the Torah, slightly different takes or slightly different compartmentalizations of what you'd be reading on Saturday morning. Either way, what we have here is the story of the events that lead up to the Exodus, as well as the announcement of the holiday and of the fact that we're supposed to observe it in every generation. I think that a lot of this hinges on this verse I'm about to read. This is Exodus 12, verses 24 through about 27. It says, Ushmartemet hadavar hazelechok lecha ulevanecha ad olam. You shall observe this as an institution for all time, for you and for your descendants. 
And when you enter the land that the Eternal will give you, as promised, you shall observe this right. Then it goes on to say, when your children ask you, what do you mean by this right? You should tell them it is the Passover sacrifice to the Eternal, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, when smiting the Egyptians, but saved our houses. So the Torah tells a story, the story of our exodus from Egypt, while simultaneously, self-consciously establishing the holiday that will be the telling and retelling of that story throughout the generations. Somehow the Torah understands, or whoever wrote this down understands, or maybe the generations of our people who have produced this literature understand that this story has a special power, so much so that it not only tells the story, but also tells us to retell the story. Then it tells you that your children are going to ask about the story, and it tells you to tell them the story. So there's about three layers here of telling and retelling and telling about telling. And I think it's no coincidence that the story and the ritual that the Torah puts so much emphasis on here is still the one that the vast majority of Jews participate in in some way for a couple reasons. First of all, there is a power to the story itself. The Exodus is very much about the passage from slavery to freedom, the journey from a state of unredemption to a state of redemption, or from the world in its broken form to the world in its slightly less broken form. And in that sense, it's a deeply universal story. We human beings all long for the world to be better than it is. We all long for some kind of a state of redemption, either for ourselves as individuals or for the entire world that we're living in. And here I want to mention a book that just came out called Bittersweet by Susan Cain. And if you've seen her TED Talk, or even if you haven't, she argues essentially that that state of longing is deeply motivating. That that's what motivates us to build rockets and write love songs and connect with others. Because we're looking or longing for redemption. We're longing to better the state of our lives and our world. And she argues further that we create bittersweet experiences in the world, like listening to sad music or telling bittersweet stories, because it helps us move into that state of longing that leads us to do and accomplish and build so many things. And you can actually see that all over the Passover Seder. Pesach is a bittersweet experience, both figuratively and literally. We tell this bittersweet story, story of our exodus, but that also contains a fair amount of suffering. We eat bitter and sweet and all kinds of other foods at the same time. We talk about the past redemption of our people moving from slavery to freedom, and we call upon Elijah the prophet to bring the future redemption, to help us bring about a better world than the one we're living in. So in many ways, the Passover story and the Seder experience recreates for us both what it was to be slaves and then what it was to become free. And it helps motivate us to do the things that we are capable of doing in the world. And that applies both in terms of social justice, and the, the Exodus is quoted all over the Torah as an impetus for creating a more just world. And it also applies in terms of Jewish peoplehood, Jewish memory, and passing on traditions from one generation to the next. 
Which brings me to my second point about the power of this story. The Parsha this week tells us that the Passover offering is supposed to be a chok ad olam, an eternal institution. And then it says, tell your children about it. So from the very beginning, the telling of the story has been built into the holiday of Pesach as a memory-building exercise, and I think as a connection-building and a peoplehood-building exercise. And it's interesting to think about all the ways that Passover has changed in the last 3,000 years. We're no longer offering a paschal sacrifice. There's no pilgrimage to Jerusalem. The Seder, as we know it, is built on a Greco-Roman symposium model. It's a rabbinic institution. It was something that was built by the rabbis in the centuries following the destruction of the temple once there was no more Passover offering. And yet, the core of it has remained the same. Sitting around the table with family, eating a big meal, and telling this story. And I think you could make an argument that those elements have helped maintain Jewish identity and Jewish peoplehood. So the Torah tells us to keep telling this story. I think because whoever wrote it knew that this story would help us maintain our sense of ourselves as a people. And also because this story would continue to matter to us in really deep and fundamental ways. Every time we tell it, it's a reminder of who we are and where we come from. And every time we tell it, it's also a reminder of the work that we still have to do in this world. Chag Sameach, have a wonderful Pesach, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to 7-Minute Torah. Have you checked out the conversation in our Facebook group? Just go to Facebook and search 7-Minute Torah, Listen and Discuss. Then you can join the group and join the conversation. See you there.